Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Well, praise the Lord. Turn with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We're going to start here at verse 11. Now, God's so good, and he knows how to speak to us. What a perfect introduction to where we're going today. Amen. I really believe that God is speaking to all of us, and he's bringing us into a place. Now, we know after a conference or something like that, there's been a lot of prayer leading up to a conference. And then for a while, there's a lot of prayer after, kind of like when you first get married, like you're in the honeymoon period, and everything is wonderful, and then you realize you have to get up and go to work. And there's some things that don't change, that they're always the same. And, And you actually have to go on and live. And this whole dream thing that they promote in all those romantic movies, you notice they never, ever show you the living part. And when they do show you the living part in a movie, especially if it's a romantic one, it's full of lies, cheating, fighting, strife, and never goes anywhere. And then at the end of the movie, once again, they make up. But they never show them living right. They never show what it's like to live in victory. And in Christianity, we've come to the place where we haven't yet learned how to walk in daily victory. We go from circumstance and situation, from fight to strife, to meanness to kindness, because all we've, without realizing it, we have allowed the world's ways to color how we live. But we're not going to do that. I have a different box of crayons. And we're going to learn how to use them. Amen? Amen. Did you find 1 Corinthians? It's in the New Testament. Amen. Verse 11 says, Therefore, I knew not the meaning of the voice. In verse 10, it says, There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world. That's what I was talking about. None of them is without signification. means they have a weight. There's a place where the world's words sneak into our world. And they try to turn us and manipulate us. But look at that verse 11. There are, therefore, I know not, if I know not the meaning of the voice. So we know there's lots of voices, lots of things speaking at us, but we don't know when and we don't know how, and we haven't identified where they sneak in the wrong words. But if we understood that every voice has a meaning, in that word meaning, it's, it's actually dunamis for your Greek scholar people. That means a power, that there is a voice that has power that we don't use and we haven't learned how to access. Sometimes we talk about voices of power. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about the supernatural part of God that we need to access today. There is a supernatural way that the world is looking for, and we're a little nervous of it because the devil's convinced us we're not quite good enough to walk in it. And so, therefore, any place that has the dynamic power of God, that supernatural endowment that comes out of heaven, that wants to work 
through our words. That wants to carry and be moving people in the words that we declare. In the words that we speak. That we have become so convinced that we are minor. That we haven't allowed or given permission for the dunamis. That supernatural power of God to work through us. And we don't even have an expectation that when we speak it's going to change things. There was a time where this was very pertinent in the body of Christ. Where we believed that if we decreed something, it would be established like it says in the Bible. But somehow, in the midst of things, as things got watered down, we didn't understand that there were other voices. We didn't understand the meaning of the other voices. And so it's kind of snuck in. Now in Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation, not my revelation that I'm giving you today, in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10, it says, And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See that you do it not. I'm the fellow servant of the brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. And if you could say the words. Testimony is spoken. Testimony is spoken. It's spoken. And we've got to be a people who speak. We've become a nation of silencers. Don't say anything. There was a phrase that comes out of Japan that says, don't be the nail that sticks up. And in a sense, with all of the things that have happened, we don't want to be that nail. Everybody's saying, well, don't, don't make waves. That's what we say in Canada sometimes. Uh, perhaps here in Vancouver, they should say something like, don't make rain. But that wouldn't work, would it? <laughs> Let the sun shine. I don't know. Uh, you know, he says, so there's this place where words, we have to give the testimony of Jesus. We can't just think the testimony. We have to live the testimony. If you'll speak the testimony, you'll live the testimony. Living the testimony won't come before speaking the testimony. Hear me. Actions should always follow the decree of your mouth. When you believe and confess with your mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead, you'll begin to have that work in your heart and act like it. But the actions shouldn't perceive words. That's the world's turn on it. That's where they try to do things like, you know, we're just going to work it out this way. And if we do this long enough, it'll change something. But that's the world's kind of twist on testimony. Takes the power right out of the word. Takes it. Pulls it out. And we are called to be a people who when we speak, our words change things. I believe that when I'm speaking with the hand of God in my life, that the words that he's deposited in my heart will come out and change something in you. That's what I believe. And I see it happen. And it's going to happen more. And more. Because that's the day we're living in. Amen? Amen. He said... Uh, I have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You see, it's another place where there's a speaking and a decreeing and a going forth of the word of God. That word of God needs to be alive in our mouth. And every time that there's this thing, well, you shouldn't say that. Make sin nice. People get uncomfortable when you talk about sin. Hmm? Right? They get very uncomfortable with that. We'll call it a mistake. We'll call it something that will be more palatable. The church of today isn't really up to date. It's kind of out of date and uses old-fashioned words. 
I was thinking of an old hymn this morning. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. The wealth in every mine. I had to look up some of the words because I didn't understand. He owns the rivers and the rocks and the rills, which are little tiny creeks that flow through things. I looked it up. <laughs> but we forget so easily how big our God is. In trying to understand him and define him, we bring him into our level and want him to somehow work with us instead of working with him. Amen. In 1989, July, I took a, a trip, and it was, it, was, it was a stand. It was a, a push, if I can say it that way. And, and I, I decided I was going to go to this meeting. I had heard about this fellow by the name of Dr. Robert Slaird, and he wasn't doctor then, but he was reverend. He's still reverend, but now he's got doctor in there. And, and I had listened to some types of his, and, and not the God's generals. I didn't know about that part, but I had heard him. And he was going to be at this church in, in Edmonton. And so I journeyed there with a couple of brave other ladies and, and uh, arranged for children to be taken care of. And Barry was so good, he didn't get the time off back then. So he helped with the children, and, and I was free to go for four days. And it's quite a drive to Edmonton. We drove and made it there in a day in, in my old... Oldsmobile. Yeah, we did it in 12 hours in. I wasn't doing most of the driving, so if it was breaking the speed limit, I was sleeping in the back. So. I did. Actually, on the trip, we went over a bump, and the muffler came down, and we ended up going into a place and tying it up, got a mechanic to tie it with like haywire and drove it home that way. <laughs> Adventures with God, amen. During that convention, I had a vision one morning during their prayer session. And uh, it was the first time I'd ever had a vision quite like that. And in this vision, I knew I was very close to Jesus. My first encounter where he was really speaking close to me, something like on the rock, a moment. I didn't feel good enough. I was very aware. I felt so unclean and so unworthy. Not good enough to be in his presence. I felt his smile on my face change. And I knew as he just looked at me that, that I was clean. And it was like, come with me. And he began to show me some things. Show me some things that were to come. And he showed me a map of Canada. Now, I've shared some of these things in small groups. I'm not convinced. I, I don't know if I've ever shared this in a church situation, especially online. It was precious to me. And so I share it carefully. But I believe it is the day and the hour. And we are in the time of some of these things coming to pass. I know some of you have had dreams. Some of you have had visions. We heard that evangelist Bill Prankard had a vision for Canada. He held that vision. This is his 50th year before it came to pass. I've told you before when I saw about going to Kenya that it was years before it came to pass. And here we are. It's 2022. And the Lord says to me, it's time. 
to share this vision. And I saw the map of Canada. And I saw his hand come down. And in British Columbia, I, every place he touched, a fire started. And then I saw him go a couple places in Alberta and then reach over and touch Ontario. And I knew a bridge formed between the two of them. And so, uh, and I knew that I would be going in some of these places, not all, but some. I knew churches would start in some of these places where he touched different cities. Some of the names of different cities uh, popped up as he touched them. One was Vernon. And I've been to Vernon and I think that is a miracle. It's a funny little place. And, and I saw him touch Ottawa. And I saw him touch Montreal. And I saw him touch Quebec City. And then a wind blew and the fire just took off and covered the map with fire. And then it's like he blew like that. And the map came back like this. And he said, but there's a hold up. And when the map came back like this, it was like it was set before the fire came. And there was a very tall bronze figure, bronze, not gold, not silver, bronze. And it had a big helmet thing and two arms like this holding the map of Canada. And as I, as he waved his hand across the bronze man, it said Antichrist. And on the arms, I saw religion folded, and the map was folded underneath this. And then I got an assignment that as I spoke the word, as the word was decreed, and as I obeyed the Lord, we would see the arms broken off and that fire that was promised come. When I talk about the ministry of intercession, and several months ago I began to call out those who were intercessors. There was a time I thought several years ago where I saw a rise up of intercessors and I thought, this is it. We've been praying. We will see revival break out in our nation. And then some things went wrong. And it wasn't, there were some things that happened, but I knew it wasn't, it was not the spirit of God. It kind of looked like it, but it was in the wrong place. And one of the reasons I've been careful about the vision is because I've heard a lot of places, people say, oh, it's going to happen here. It's going to happen here. It's going to happen here. But it happened across the map. But I knew, I also was warned that there was a green cloud that formed over Ontario. Now, the interesting thing is I saw Ottawa, but not Toronto. Not that it didn't consume it after, but not at that time. And there was a cloud that came up, and it was a green cloud that came out of Toronto. And later, I began to understand that there were some things in people who got saved there, but there were some things that came up that were wrong and not of God. And that green cloud came west and touched many places and deposited wrong things that were part of this structure of the arm. And so 
when I talk about intercessors, and it's been so on my heart in the last six to nine months, to call again for the intercessors, because there was a rise of intercessors that take care, the assignment to see these arms come down. One of the arms and the extension of it was, as it said, religion across them. On the one side, there were restraints that came through legalism. On the other side, a liberalism that went too far. And both of these have tried to hold the church and people captive. And it's wrong. But prayer is what broke the arms. Amen. Prayer and that thing, it, when its arms were broken, it had no strength. It looked strong, but it couldn't, it couldn't withstand it. And it didn't matter in the end. The map all blew up with fire. And it happened. It happened. And as Bill Prankert said, you can't change my mind. I saw it. I saw it. I know that our nation is designed and prepared and ready to be saved. I know that through our prayers, we will see the legalism and the place. It means we're going to have to change, folks. There'll be places as we speak and decree, as words come forth uh, and, and in different places. But here we'll see it. We'll have a correction come that will release us from words that were legalism and release us from words of liberalism. Many people have not seen liberalism as bondage, but it is. It's the place where it says, I can do whatever I want. And it don't matter. That same attitude came in Cain. And in the book of Genesis, chapter 4, is a very interesting thing that happened. Genesis, chapter 4, verse 6. And we go to verse 5. At the end of verse 4, it says, Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain... Adam and Eve have two children at this point, Adam and Abel and Cain. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect, and Cain was mad. He was flipping out, and his countenance fell. And the Lord says unto Cain, why are you cranky, upset, freaking out, frustrated, and mad? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? If you do not well... Sin lies at your door, and unto thee shall you desire, and you shall have rule over. Cain was freaking out. He had brought the fruit of the ground. Abel had brought a blood sacrifice. Now, we can know through the Old Testament that before Jesus went to the cross, it was full of kind of animals and critters and all those kinds of things. But some, always blood involved. But there was always a place, if that's all they had, if that's all they had and they brought it with the right heart, it would have been accepted. But jealousy was in Cain's heart. And people have fussed over the sacrifice and missed the point. The point was a heart condition. The point was he freaked out. I'm not good enough. And you see, there's a place where liberalism drives that home. You'll always be unworthy in the liberal mentality. Every, it may look like it's free, but I'll tell you what. Well, on the other side, it's easy to see when, when, when legalism says you're not good enough. But it's the same thing happens. It has the same harvest. It is the same arm, but different words. And it's just as binding. 
and people get trapped in it. I got to do my own thing. I'll be okay. There are snakes in the grass. They might bite me. I'll be all right. But I'll get to do it my way. And I don't hear the words. And that liberal mentality has snuck in and creeped into the church, and we're not going to have it here. We're not going to have legalism either. Amen. Amen. And we're going to learn how to hear the word of God. You see, there was something very powerful here that gets laid down. And such a principle when I talk about the power of a voice. And, of course, we've got the freak out going on. Cain, verse 8, talked with Abel, his brother. It came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And the Lord says unto the Cain, where's Abel? Do you think God didn't know? <laughs> All right, he knows. And he goes, and like the snotty attitude is still there. No, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Do I have to know everything he's doing? And he said, what have you done? Watch the voice. The voice of your brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. There is a voice that is crying today. And it wants you and I to be speaking of it. Amen. That voice is the voice of the blood. I can tell that many people are not speaking and giving power to that voice. When I said the testimony of Jesus, there is a voice, right, that speaks. There's a voice that speaks. Blood speaks. And we haven't given the blood that voice, that place of power to speak into our life. And then it's not going to speak to others. There is a voice in the blood that's crying out. Go to Ephesians. Follow me. You'll get it. You're going to get excited and maybe. Praise the Lord. Amen. Ephesians 1, verse 7. It says, in whom? Jesus. Everybody got Jesus. So we know who the in we're talking about. Ephesians 1, verse 7. In whom? Jesus. So you know, in whom? In Jesus. We have redemption. Redemption is when you have, uh, well, it, it works like a coupon in the store. Same kind of deal. I've got this product, and I've got a deal on it. It's already paid. Now, there's no money in it, but you know you can't just go and exchange it for money, right? The coupon, you've got to buy the thing in order to get the reduction. Mm -hmm. Redemption is I got this thing. It's called sin, and I need it redeemed, and the blood's going to have a voice for me, Amen. and it's going to pay the price. For me. And I'm going to give it a voice in my life. You see, innocent blood, it cries. And it's got a voice. In the same way, Abel died by force, but Jesus died willingly. Yeah. And the blood cried. And the blood cried. And his blood cried. Abel died because of a sacrifice. And Jesus died as the sacrifice. As the sacrifice. Abel's blood cried for revenge. 
God, Jesus' blood cries for us. It cries for us. It says, I've got children who need to come into my house. I've got children. I've got a calling. I've got a place. This is his greatest testimony. And it's crying for this world. Here's a way. Why won't you take? Why won't you take what I've given? And it cries out for us. But you see, we've pushed aside because of the legalism and the liberalism. Liberalism doesn't talk about the blood. And the, the legalism says you're not good enough for the blood. Hmm? We're breaking those arms today. Abel's blood polluted the ground. But Christ's blood, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ's blood spoke all the way to heaven. Because it says, if you look in the book of, of Hebrews, it said that heaven had to be purified because of the rebellion of the devil. And so after Jesus, he took his blood. When he said, Mary, he said, don't touch me yet. Don't touch me yet, Mary. Don't touch me yet. I haven't been to my father. And he's taken his pure blood and he goes up to heaven and he purifies heaven. Hebrews chapter 9, read it. It's good. You'll be blessed. And he purifies heaven. Makes it whole. His blood has an unending voice. When we give it a place in our heart, it begins to speak. And when it speaks, it says, that part's over. As Anne and Pastor Anne was saying this morning, when she was young, there was a place she was broken. I've been broken, but I'm not broken anymore. She said, I'm not broken anymore. That blood has done a work in my life. And yes, it took maybe several times, maybe weeks of prayer, and, but she kept coming. She gave the blood of Jesus a voice. She allowed the supernatural power to work in her. And when we first hear about the power of the blood of Jesus, we kind of don't really get it, but we'll accept it. And that is a good beginning. But don't be like that honeymoon phase where we get all excited about it and forget about it because Monday's awful. And if we just get to Wednesday, we'll be okay. Church is coming soon and we'll hear about the blood again and it'll get us through to another Sunday. But the blood's to get us through, to have a voice, to have the power, to have the meaning of the power revealed in our life. That we come to the place where we're not shaken about it anymore. That when we say the blood of Jesus, demons tremble. They know it's done. Uh-oh. These people have begun to understand if they'll walk in that power. Why do you think he's trying to convince you you're not good enough? Why do you think he's out there saying, hey, if I can just keep them in the unworthy well. But the blood makes us worthy. Even when we're at the place where we have trouble speaking it on our behalf, Jesus is making intercession for us. Amen. And it's not lame prayer. Amen. I hope you underline Ephesians 1, 7. It's very good in the Amplified as well. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. I always notice that there's no time involved in this. It's just like, well, you're going to have to go through a journey. And as you get on this journey. And you go down the road. 
of working out your own salvation through fear and trembling. That as you begin to understand, because you can't get it initially, right? And we get on that road. You'll get it eventually. The blood of Jesus will come. And eventually you'll be saved because you'll keep working it. No. Well, if he's saved you and he's redeemed you, the work is done. And we've sung that song. It is finished, but we don't really, you know. It's time for us to manifest the power in that. The power of the finished work. The power of the blood working in our heads. Because that's where the trouble is. It's not in our hearts. That place where we can't hear anymore. Do you know where your hearing is limited? Can you identify it? Do you know... Or do you freak out going, even if you can hear a drop the size of a mustard seed, the blood will have a work. That place where faith begins to come. You see, we haven't heard much teaching about the blood. I'm going to share one of my favorite verses about the blood because it's been so important and vital to me. I think it's vital for every person, but some of us just choose to go another way. It's in Hebrews chapter 9, with a wonderful chapter I was speaking of earlier. Verse 14. Nope. Yep. Well, we could read 11 because it's fun. Christ being Come a high priest of good things to come. Good things to come. By a greater and more perfect tabernacle, this thing. Not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered into once the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a, of a heifer sprinkling unto the unclean, sanctified to the pure. So if it worked, even, even if the animals worked for a while to get you in the right place. Look at this one. How much more? And you see, we look to the Old Testament. We see people moving in miracles. We see them operating in them. We see the power of God. People hearing and obeying that great voice. When the prophets heard his voice and they would speak and change nations. And this was before the cross. This was before Jesus went. But they believed that the power of the blood that was shed of animals had a work. And they believed that. And oh boy, did it. And the church of today is so nervous about power. And it's time we are a little more familiar with it in the right way. In the right way. That the blood of Jesus is, is talking on my behalf. And it's got a lot to say. Amen. And so this Old Testament, they'd hear the voice. And they'd say, this is God. I never, I've read the Old Testament many times. I was trying to think. I read something the other day about a, a minister who'd, who uh, in history had read the Bible 200 times, cover to cover. And I thought, hmm, I, I, yeah. And, and I thought, I must be close to that. I must be close to that. It's a lot of reading. <laughs> There was a time I was reading it four times a year for several years. Four times cover to cover. Every year. So was, well, sometimes it was every two months, so a little bit more than that. So I put in a chunk of, of reading. 
And I've read the Old Testament a lot. I don't think I've quite reached 200, but at least 100 times. And I can tell you that no one went, huh, except for Moses. But they all believed it was God. Moses believed it was God. Moses believed it was God talking. And now we're like, I better check with five others before I tell anybody anything. It might not be God. How in the world did that happen? How did we become so, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. We're not Alice, folks. This isn't Wonderland. <laughs> we don't live there. Liberalism has softened and corrupted us. It brings up the things, well, you know, everything about God's just a mystery. One day we'll maybe know some things. Liberalism. Know that voice. If you hear it, that's a fly I'm not listening to anymore. I'm going to ask you, what's the word of God say? I don't want to know what some person told you or something out of the air kind of crept in your crazy head and said something. What's the word of God say about this? Oh, verse 14. Are you ready? We talked about how they heard in the Old Testament. And they weren't shaken. And it was the wrong kind of blood. It was the blood of that day. But we have the blood of a different day. How much more? Oh, How much more? Shall the blood of Christ, who through the once in a while, maybe he'll help us for a bit, spirit, eternal, forever, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. This is the blood of power. This is the blood that when we give it a voice, it changes our thinking. It changes our mind. I remember there was this thing that came out in the, I think, early 80s. Well, he's not going to change your personality. If your personality has been corrupted by this world, you better believe it's going to be changed. And you will become, with the work of the power of the blood, who God has created you to be. Nothing more, nothing less. Nothing less. Nothing less. Purified. For you and for me. And we don't have to wait and we don't have to go on a journey. We just have to get it. Now, I'm going to... I asked you a couple of weeks ago to start praying for yourself. and Pray like your house is on fire. And I don't mean the natural house. And I don't mean like you're afraid. When I said pray like your house is on fire, I don't mean like, like run and, and everything is bad. I mean pray like this house is on fire with the Spirit of God. Amen. Where you're kind of like excited. Amen. I'm not going to keep that fire shut up in my bones. That's right. not going to help anybody there. I'm going to pray like I mean it. I am the head. And I'm not apologizing for it. Liberalism. 
Can you say that? More than you could ever imagine I will say it. I am the head. I don't have to say not the tail. I don't have to say that part. Right? I don't have to apologize for everything God did. Oh, here we'll qualify his greatness by sliding in some humanist. Yeah, that'll soften things. That'll make it easier to, for people. To, here's a pill you can swallow. We'll just put a little manness on it. We'll put a little flesh on it. We'll put a little human on it. And we'll go down easier. We'll swallow. Mm-hmm. That, that was better. That was easier because it's got a nice coating on it. You did not come here today to have a sugar-coated gospel. Amen. I think the best, sweetest thing is the power of the blood because it makes me clean. And I know this. If I'm going to eat something, I want something clean. Amen? I have noticed pure things like pure ice cream. Wow. But that stuff where they pour in all the junk, mm -mm 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 -mm. I don't want my sweet messed up with the coating. Amen? The power of the blood, the supernatural being loosed can fix your crazy head. Amen. And you can have thoughts aright working. Amen. He'll fix your head. Well, I know, you know, power, love, and a sound mind. That means a head that works right. Now, remember, he made your brains. Right? Did he make your brains? Oh, he made my brains. He knows how to fix them. <laughs> how much more how much more how much more when the Lord speaks will we be convinced will we still be shaken and have to qualify it have to check it out with 10 others now I'm not saying that the word of God shouldn't be tested because we've heard some people say, thus saith the Lord, and there's about five of us who'd like to stand up and say, no, he didn't either. <laughs> Maybe more. <laughs> and there's a place where we clarify that. How do we know? When it's the word of God, we can say with surety. This is his word. I stand in it. I used to say I stand on it, but I stand in it because he's in me. In whom? Right. In whom? In Jesus. I'm in him and he's in me. And therefore, when I say I'm standing in his word. Little things like that. So I'm the head. I'm above. Right. Not qualifying, not adding it a little bit. I'm not living in the Old Testament. I'm the head. I'm above. His arm's not short to me. His mighty arm and his outstretched hand. It can't be short. Thank you for the two people who found that funny. I did. <laughs> yes, his mighty hand and his outstretched arm. It cannot be shortened. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, we'll get somewhere. Amen. Turn over to another chapter 10. We're learning about the blood of Jesus. It is the most powerful voice that's out there. We're going to allow it to work in our life. And as we allow the blood to work, we're not going to get under that voice of religion. We're not going to get under the voice of liberalism and humanism and all those other isms. We're going to get under the word of God. We're going to believe he's in us. We're going to step out in power. And it's going to be fun. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. I just 
there was a song we sang in the Salvation Army. It was in a Salvation Army hymn book. And I never really learned the verses because most of the time I was playing an instrument. I was playing a cornet at that time because we didn't use trumpets in the Salvation Army. We used cornets. And, and uh, verse 17, no more, no more. He remembers sin no more. I'm a pardoned offender. <laughs> and he remembered them no more. And it was a very up-to-beat song. No more, no more. He remembers sin no more. I'm a pardoned offender. And he will never bring them up against me anymore. <laughs> I loved it. Amen. <laughs> I'll hear no more of the evil days of yore. <laughs> I'm a pardoned offender. And he'll remember them no more. <laughs> and I think a few of us could do that. It's time. It's time when our memories are those of his mighty hand on us, his mighty forgiving power. When I consider those things he's spoken into my heart and I begin to grasp that no matter what I've done, I don't have to tell anybody about it. He's not going to tell on me. And he's not going to tell on you when it's had the blood applied. There have been some times when the Lord's spoken to me as a, in the, under the hand of being a prophet. And he said, so-and-so, da-da-da-da-da. And I thought, well, if God knows about it, they must still be in it. He knows. He knows. But once you repent and apply the blood of Jesus, it's gone forever. Hebrews 10, 16, this is the covenant. Does anybody know what covenant means? The word literally means to cut. When Jesus went to the cross, blood and water flowed, not just blood. Blood and water flowed. Look it up after. You'll find it in two gospels. Blood and water. What do you think the water was? I am the resurrection and the... Mm -mm. When you look in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, he said, I, I saw the heavenly throne, the Father and the Son, and the pure river of water of life that flowed. When Jesus was pierced in his side, blood and water flowed. When you receive the work of the power of the blood of Jesus, his life comes in you and you are then able to receive the resurrection power. Don't stay laying at the cross. That power life that was loosed through the blood that washed you and made you clean has also made a way for you and I to walk in the supernatural power of resurrection life. We should only die when we let go. I'll say it again. We should only die when we let go. Resurrection life. I watch all your eyes go. <laughs> There's some faces looking at me like, what? We should only die when we let go. Resurrection life. Even in the Old Testament, blood of animals. Moses leaned on his staff and worshiped God. 
We have come to accept sickness as a way of life. As something that's, well, we live in a corrupt world. Sickness happens. Yeah, it does. What happened to the resurrection life part? If we received the supernatural work of the blood of Jesus that purified us, made us clean, changed our brains, watered them, made them whole. What's going on with the resurrection life part? Why isn't it flowing? Because we've been convinced that those arms are still around us of yesterday. I don't know who's told you such things. That religion can keep you captive. Or liberalism or humanism can hold you back. But the blood of Jesus broke those chains a long time ago. And you don't have to live there. And you can get up. You don't have to make five different things going down. If I can just speak his word of supernatural power of the blood into you. If you could receive it. And go beyond the words of this world. The words of your life. The words of your experience. The words of your situation and circumstance. If you will allow this today. To go into your heart, you can grab a hold of the purity that has been bought and paid for. And you won't have to look back. You won't have to recount. You won't have to make excuse. And he can change the things the world corrupted in you. And you can walk different today. Today. Now is the time of salvation. Now means now. But we have not understood it. We've taken now because we saw some things. We saw some things. Well, that now didn't work very good for them. Didn't work very good for me. And we've used our experience to qualify the word and to take the power out of it. Hear me if you can. Know the voice that will change your heart. Know the voice that can lift you out of that pit. Know it. Know the word of the blood to cleanse you from the dead works. They're dead. The only person giving them life is you and I speaking it. Oh, that Monday's bad. That's the power we've been given to speak, but we haven't been speaking the life through the blood. We can do this. Condemnation shouldn't be a part of this. If you're sitting there feeling, I still can't, that is the fight that is there if you're hearing and you're going inside that's the fight that you've got to push aside that's the voice of the enemy that's been trying to keep you captive and say you can never go there oh yes you can oh yes you can oh yes oh yes the blood of Jesus is more than enough it's more than enough more than enough has the power to wipe out your crazy past.
forever. Forever. Why are we afraid to give it a voice? I believe in this day that where the world's words have corrupted our minds, that Hebrews 9.14 is beginning to have some power in your mind right now here today. How much more? How much more? The more you let it in, will you let in more than a mustard seed? A mustard seed will get you started, but you can start with the whole thing. You can have it today. You can walk out free. You can walk out of your past and be whole right now. The expectation has somehow died in the middle of this. When Antichrist grabbed and held the map, expectation was held down and said, can we as a nation ever rise? But I saw the fire. I saw that flame. I saw our nation ignite. I saw it. And no one can change that. I heard him call my name. I saw him offer me his hand. And I heard him speak to me. And I never doubted it was him. He's speaking. He's changing. And it's working. And he wants us to walk in that. Some of you have had challenges physically that have made it very difficult to hear some of you watching online. Because pain is, is a loud voice, but it's not the voice of God. You can see that now. When you begin to see the difference, as we speak the word, even today as we've been speaking, I can see the hand of God beginning to separate things for you. Oh my word, why did I believe that? And it's happening right now as we're speaking today. Right now there's coming that dividing line. Whoa, I believe that. Whoa, whoa. and you're beginning to like push the enemy's words aside. And this is, and see, it held down expectation. If we expect the word of God to work, it works. And you don't have to understand it all. I cannot tell you how exactly the blood does this, but I know it does. Amen. Can you see? Can you know? Can you know the blood of Jesus, which I have never seen with my natural eyes, does a work that I can see with my natural eyes? I can see the work of the blood of Jesus. I can see his change in me. I can see his change in you. And you can see it and I can see it. But we never saw it flow. We never saw him at the cross. But we sure see his work. Oh, we see his work in our hearts. And we begin to go, whoa, how did I ever believe that? And we begin to allow it to work. And we say, there's no, there's no reason for me to put up with pain. But you see, pain's got a loud voice. It cries for attention. Abel's blood cried for revenge. Jesus' blood was crying, redeemed. Redeemed. It cried, redeemed. It cried, forgiven. It cried, whole. It cried, Heals. 
now is the time. And now it sure makes much more sense. Now is the time of salvation. How much more? How much more? Hear these words. Hear that way. Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness, because you've received it. Boldness. To enter into the holy place by a new and a living way. By a new and a living way because blood and water flowed. The life, right? You see, some of us haven't been coming because of those other things. But now is salvation. Now. And so then when you got the now, you got the bold. So how are you so bold? Because I got the now that it's done. I got the now and I'm bold. Having therefore boldness to enter into the whole. I'm not afraid to enter God's presence. I'm not ashamed to enter his presence. I'm not holding back because I think, wow, what if you find something wrong? I don't care. By a new and a living way. A new and a living way for us. Not new to God. Jesus has redeemed us. And it's a wonderful thing. So then, this day, let us draw near with a purified conscience. Full, full of assurance of faith. That the blood of Jesus has worked for every one of us. Made clear the path. Full assurance of faith. Full assurance. Absolutely, wholeheartedly convinced. What a wonderful place. Knowing that he's cleansed my conscience and yours. I think the King James says an evil conscience. And I think sometimes we need to face that. It was evil, but not anymore. Because of his blood. Hear these scriptures. Write them down. Learn where they are. There's lots more. Let the power of the blood do what it's called. And give it a voice. Give the blood of Jesus a voice in your life. And when the temptations of the enemy come. You can say, the blood of Jesus. Start there. I've got a name, it's above every name, but I got the blood and I'm walking and living in it. And I'm decreeing it. And the blood of Jesus is having a voice in my life. And when it tries to remind me of my past, it's only the devil because he's familiar with it. It's not God. So it's like, bye. And no Felicia's. It's gone forever. It's gone forever. And how wonderful is that? How wonderful. Will you give the blood a voice in your life and allow that supernatural power that's captured in it to change you today? Or will you wait for yet another day and another time? He has given us all a choice. What will we do? Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. 
We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W, 3B1. 